Welcome to Pink Girl Podcast. I'm Alicia Clayton, your host. This is a podcast about women's stories and all things girl power. All right, welcome to the episode. I'm so excited to have Melissa Bull here. She is a midwife and um, sex expert, um, counselor. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm excited oh, to have you on. It's so lovely to talk to you, Alicia. We have a <laughs> lovely past and I'm always happy to have good conversations. Um, I don't know if I call myself a sex expert. That's a big title. <laughs> I'm going to call you that. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, probably about, oh my gosh, 15 years ago when I started working in Utah, I really found that women were, were suffering in um, their sexual health. And at that time I had little kids and life was really busy and I didn't have time to pursue kind of a greater interest I have in women's sexuality. And so uh, almost three years ago, two and a half years ago, I started pursuing this interest and I am almost there. I'm becoming um, through ASEC, which is the American Association of Sexual um, Educators, Counselors and Therapists, becoming a, cer- a certified sex counselor, which I am not Hooray. yet, but should be within the end of summer. Um, and it's been a really fun, exciting journey. And um, yeah, I've learned a lot and I'm hoping to help women in the realm of their own sexuality and their relationships. Love and, that. Yeah, with their body. Well, I, I love that you said too, that you found kind of um, here in this area, just a very conservative area, like a lot of shame. We've talked about this before, a lot of like shame and fear around sexuality. Um, what, yeah, ex- maybe expand a little bit more on that. Like what tips do you give women who are struggling with that kind of a background? So I worked in Utah County specifically when I first moved to Utah and um, the women there are amazing. They work really hard at their families, um, a lot of stay-at-home moms, a lot of pressure to look, feel, and Mm -hmm. be perfect. Um, And very conservative in general. Very conservative. Mm -hmm. And sex was a big problem for a lot of women. And because they really want their marriages to thrive, there would be this discrepancy of desire or interest or understanding of sex that I think led to a lot of um, problems in the marriage. And I think a lot of, unfortunately, you know, missing out on a huge part of the human experience. Sure. I think sexuality doesn't have to be just something you do. It can be something who you are. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that, but it certainly can be. And it can be a proud part of our femininity, not something to hide or, you know, keep quiet. Um, And I'm not saying like, um, you know, have your own, you know, dress inappropriately or act outside of marriage or anything like that. But I'm talking about in the space of marriage being your most sexually healthy self or in the space of a relationship, wherever, wherever you are. Um, and what, what does that look like for women? And so um, if, if you ask women that, a lot of women I have found don't, don't 
don't have the language to describe mm. that, don't have the answers, don't know what their own sexuality means to them or even um, means in terms of their relationship. It's always kind of defined sometimes by their husbands. Yeah. Um, and I would really love that conversation to look at, well, what does my own sexuality look like? And take it away from mothering, you know, cause that's a big part of, um, I think a woman's experience. Um, what does passion look like? What does pleasure mm. look like? And those are really yeah. unique terms to describe sexuality versus being chaste, being pure, being um, modest. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you might have better language than I do. Um, <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think you could still be modest and, you know, really sexy. <laughs> that just may be in the bedroom, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, and I think if we allow women to kind of explore that, it only makes a marriage thrive or relationship thrive. And I think I'll speak into um, kind of your audience with a marriage. And I think um, really having a sound, strong sexual bond with your partner is one of the best ways to have a marriage thrive and communication thrive and really be the backbone in a lot of ways of a really stable, loving relationship. Um, the statistics are really interesting. Like, you know, um, having a, a poor sexual relationship can really hinder, cause much more damage in a relationship than say you have you know, good sex. Good sex raises it a little bit, but bad sex really, really can, um, I don't know if I want to go as far as destroy, but can cause significant problems in a marriage, even if everything else is um, really good. Mm -hmm. Well, it makes and, sense. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's our birthright. I think as Amen. mothers and as wives, we deserve, we deserve it all. We don't just deserve sex for, you know, our partners. We deserve to have sex for our good sex for ourselves. And what does that look like? So I'm, it's interesting to have that conversation, I think with you, you know, what does that mm -hmm. look like? Mm -hmm. um, and for other women, I'd like them to start exploring that idea for themselves. Um, and of course, you know, that is including their partner, but not pleasuring their partner per se. Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, how do we create pleasure for ourselves? Including our partner? Yeah. yeah. What so is what it are some, like? Oh yeah. So what yeah. are some like practical tips and resources that you give women who want to find that pleasure for themselves? Yeah. And it's, you know, really, I think unique. So, um, I, I will talk about, um, does reading romance, you know, romance books, does that put you in the mood? I think women do need a bridge. I talk about a bridge. Like if you're on vacation without kids, it's not hard to get in the mood, you know, sure, it's sure. like warm B, you know, that is not difficult, but how do we create a sacred special place in our everyday lives for regular sex? or, you know, a special sexual relationship. And I, I do want to say, I do do the most very boring thing is I say scheduled sex. And sure. put it on your time, you know, you don't put it between like a day where you've been running kids around or working all day, making dinner, cleaning up, and, you've, and then it's 10 o'clock at night and you're, no, that's exhausting. Yeah. No, don't do that. 
So schedule sex and tell your husband, I'm scheduling sex for Thursday at seven o'clock. Mm. Run your kids out, um, have a babysitter, you know, you can even put on a video if there, but schedule the time so you know you can get your head in that romantic mm. space. And um, like prepare. Love prepare. preparing. Yeah. yeah. I love, why don't you send a sexy text to your husband, not, you know, a word, a word text. I mean, if you're comfortable sending some people I know will send, you know, a brief shoulder or maybe even something more um, explicit to their husbands. But, um, and these are even lovely LDS couples I know that do this. So okay, awesome. I love <laughs> it's it. Not, you know, they're, they're friends of mine um, who, who do that to keep the spice going. Cause it's, mm. it's a little bit exciting to receive that, you know, obviously you have to trust your partner and know that, you know, that's part of your relationship agreement. If that is not, don't do that. But certainly sending a text about how excited you are for the night. You're looking forward to being close. You can't wait to touch his skin. You know, the smell of your husband is, you know, very erotic to you, whatever. And, that, and those are my words. Those aren't. Yeah, yeah, sure. But the words that, that someone may have building up to the night, um, I think is really great. Um, and if you need a little time, what can you can put on a book on Audible and listen to something romantic? Mm -hmm. Put a bunch of candles in your room. Put on some dance music and dance. It, for me, you know, dancing is sexy. Um, listening to a, a romantic novel. Sometimes movies are a bath, a hot shower. Creating a, a very sensual room where you get out all the toys and the mess, and maybe yeah, put a yeah you know, a very quiet um, space in your room, make the bed, make it inviting, put on a piece of lingerie on the bed that you can look at. I mean, these are just ideas to kind of get you in that mood for that. So when you're kind of purposely putting yourself in that space. Um, and then there's a great book called Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski. Awesome. And she talks about the dual control theory and, um, her research has so shown that women, you know, we have um, in our brain, you know, sexually relevant information. Those are the ons. And then we have a lot of the offs. And we can all describe our offs. Kids, work, stress, relationship difficulties, um, right. body messy image. Messy house. <laughs> huge, yeah. Messy house. But what are our ons? And that's what I'd like to encourage. So turn off the offs and turn on the ons and make that sex date as important as the kids going to all their practice and going um, yes. you know, with all the other things we have to do yes. in our lives. And put your marriage and your sexuality as a priority for yourself. And that takes a little bit more work for women, I have found. Mm -hmm. Men, you know, you give them a quick smile, they're ready. You know, they don't need a bridge, they don't need time, <laughs> they don't need effort. And, and, and we need that, like the stars and the moon to align. <laughs> right. We may need a little bit more. And for women that don't, amen, yay. But if you are one of these people that need a little, be anticipatory about this is going to be amazing. And if you need to work with your husband to say for this to happen, for, our, you know, I need you to wash the dish or whatever you need your partner to do, put the kids to bed or not. Put yeah. Them to bed or yeah. Whatever, whatever whatever needs you have. Maybe you need just to, you know, nothing and you just need them to make the bed or whatever you need. Go out to dinner. 
But right. I think it's really um, personal. Love that. Well, and we've talked about Jennifer Finlayson Fife before. Yes, yes. She's kind of a local um, sex therapist too. But yes. she talks about, you know, it's this odd thing that we, I'm summarizing, but you know, when we're dating, we have that like unknown and that excitement. We don't know. But then when we want to commit to someone, we want that stability. So then when we commit to someone and get married or have a partner, we have that stability, but that unknown excitement can often just wear down and just get lost. And so she talks a lot about like kind of your strategies of adding the excitement in with the stability. Mm -hmm. I love that idea of trying to like pair the two instead right. of sacrificing one for the other. Right. And um, Esther Perel, she's an amazing, she writes a book called Mating in Captivity. And I think a quote of hers, and I'm not going to say exactly, love needs like stability or um, repetition and um, desire needs mystery. Mm. And so what do we, what can we do to look at our partner in a new light that creates some mystery for us? Mm. Because um, like for example, my husband's a rock climber and every time he puts on all his rock climbing gear and all that stuff, I'm like, Whoa, you know, that is pretty sexy. And he's the same guy who, you know, annoys me at times and he's wonderful <laughs> at times, but to look at him through a new perspective or a new lens, like look at your partner through a new lens. Um, and I think that's where lingerie can be kind of exciting if you never wear lingerie. I mean, you wear it, it's miserable to wear all day that, you know, but right. that may be a lens your husband hasn't looked at you through, you know, mm -hmm. if you're comfortable with those things. Um, you know, it all has to be within the range of you're comfortable. And, you know, that's another piece is really starting to love your body mm -hmm. and loving your body in all its, um, you know, shapes and forms, stretch marks, non-perfection. Yeah. Because if you love, you know, your sexy body, that says a whole lot about confidence and being comfortable in a potentially vulnerable space. Love that. Well, and that's such a hard thing for us as women. You know, oh especially as mothers, we've had babies, our bodies have changed so much, our hormones. Yeah. Well, and maybe talk a little bit too. I'd love to hear some of your tips um, for my audience to hear, like some of your toys that you use to help, because I think um, those are important, you know, just some things to help us as women have pleasure and maybe help. And that can bring something to our relationships. Yeah. And I think... Um... I have found women to be very open to vibrators and things like that. And I have found some women to be really resistant. And so I would encourage all women to look at vibrate, you know, as vibrators, not as your husband is inexperienced or you're something's wrong with you as just, Hey, let's explore what's mm -hmm. out there. You've married this man for a lifetime you know, that's, that's a lot of time to, to find out new things about yourself. Um, mm. We certainly use gear, all kinds of new gear in different sports, you know, and so sure. it's reasonable to use different tools. I'm a really big fan of lubricants for most women. Mm -hmm. um, even women who say they don't need lubricants, often if you use them, the sex is better. And so um, everyone has their... Um, 
their kind of favorites, water-based lubricants, oil-based lubricants, um, or silicone-based silicone lubricants. I'm a fan of silicone, but um, they get to be a little messy and could be stained, so water-based lubricants. Um, but you want to make sure you're getting, like, not KY jelly. Right. Um, <laughs> like, Good Clean Love is one, or Uber Uber's another one. Um, yes products good uh yeah good clean love is actually it was a dance i remember seeing that mm. so a good quality lube and then um my favorite uh company for different sorts of vibrators that are very pretty and i could if you want me to share my screen i could show you the sure, be pictures great. um let's see oh i think you need to if you just um enable that oh I'll yeah i'll show you some pictures of some vibrators and they're very pretty the new ones, you know, they're not kind of that old male anatomy vibrator, which <laughs> none of us are like that is sexy, but like <laughs> they so, probably by a man, bless. <laughs> yes, these actually are more designed by women. Um, so let this is a presentation I put on today, and I'll just show awesome. Um, let me just show you pictures of some right here for your audience. Oh, yes, yes, love this. So can you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these are just um, like that. The first one, the pink one in the top um, left is like a suction device for your clitoris. These are just one handed, like a finger you can use. Mm. This is all by Lilo in the top, L-E-L-O. I really love their products. And look how pretty they are. And there's different speeds, yeah. different vibrations. And women, you may find you like a constant vibration. You might like something that has like different pressures. Um, they're all used for, um, different parts of the vulva or inside the vagina. Mm -hmm. Um, your partner can use them with intercourse. I, I do like to say only 5% of women orgasm through intercourse alone. So Which the rest of the 95% of us right? <laughs> need something there on your clitoris. So, um, <laughs> Right. And someone, someone needs to do it. So it's either you or your partner. And it's, I think it's easier if, if you take control of that, but again, something to explore the 50 years of magic down below is the magic wand. It was, in, it was from the seventies. Um, this one. Oh, here, let me make that big. That's better. Sorry. Oh yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah, that's better. Um, this one here is by Dane products. Um, and that's actually, so you don't even need to hold anything and it just yeah. rests on the clitoris and it has different vibrations. That's called the Eva 2, like that little button. Cool. So, and then the one in the bottom, um, I, I don't know anyone that owns this because of the uh, hefty price tag. It's mm. almost $300, but oh, yeah. it was a smart vibrator made for women. So you can even have someone control it, you know, like if your partner's out of town or yes, something. Yes, brilliant. So your husband's out of town. So, um, yeah, that's... I love these resources. I think they're so helpful, like just to see what's out there and just to give some ideas of like some things to just try. I mean, it can't hurt to try. Right, right. I'm going to um, go back to you. Let's see. Yeah, I think, you know, if you, um, let's see, I'm sorry. You can unshare my screen now. Let's see. Okay, cool. Um, you oh, can there we go. Stop sharing. Oh, okay, perfect. Yep. Um, I think. Um, and so locally, if you go to the Blue Boutique, mm -hmm. 
you can actually look and feel, I mean, but the blue boutique is a sex store. So be ready. <laughs> but if you go on to like Lilo.com, there's people that answer. Um, there's um, a website I like called smittenkitten.com and they have a lot of information there. Um, Love that name. <laughs> I know, the Smitten Kitten. And, and see what, you know, you, I think it would be fun for your, you know, you and your husband to actually look at them together. How exciting. Yeah. What a way to build up some excitement and anticipor, you know, anticipation for, you know, when it, for future use. Yes. Well, and I love that idea you talked about in the beginning is that idea of like, we as women need pleasure. We need to know what gets us excited, what helps us feel fulfilled, because that's such an important part of our bodies that often in a conservative society, we are afraid to explore even mm -hmm. in marriage. And so um, I love the idea of just opening our minds a little bit and just trying and educating ourselves. And what do you think your husband would be like if you were having more pleasure? Do you think he would be like even more into the sex, more excited? Sure, yeah. Right, it For does sure. build. And then it builds that communication piece um, that I think is unique among married couples. You know, anyone can live together, roommates, but it's very, very unique and special to have a sexual relationship with someone that you live with. And it's, I think it's sacred. I think it's, um, I think it needs time and development and mm -hmm. um, tenderness and, you know, care. So work should be put into it and it shouldn't be at 10 o'clock at night when you don't want to. When we're on <laughs> our we've life. all been there. <laughs> Probably even your husband has been, men are there too. You mm -hmm. know, there are some men who feel that. So, um, so I, this is a show geared toward women, and I'm sure there are actually women who have higher sex drives than men, and that's oh, a whole sure. other conversation. Yeah, which I that's think is another great normal. thing to discuss is that we, um, we often assume that men have the higher sex drive than women, and then women who do have a higher, I think sometimes feel a little alienated, like there's something wrong with me because I have a higher sex drive. Yeah. Right. They feel like something's wrong with them, or they think something's wrong with their partner. Mm-hmm. And it's really more of a desire discrepancy is what I like to talk about it as versus no one's, there's nothing wrong with either person. It's just inherently how people are. Sometimes there is a desire discrepancy. You're lucky. And there's always going to be a desire discrepancy at certain times of your life, right? Sure. Postpartum. How about that? Sure. Postpartum. <laughs> For a year, probably postpartum. If right. it's less than that, yay. Yeah. Um, Pregnancy for some women. Some women have such a high sex drive in pregnancy and the men are like, you know, <laughs> whoa, this is a lot, right? I'm not ready. The baby scares me. I hear that a lot. Okay. Like, yeah. you're scared of hurting the baby? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or the baby's right there. I feel weird. I hear a lot about that. And the women are just like, oh, come on. <laughs> Please. Or get this baby out. We have to have sex. Right, right. <laughs> Cause that's supposed to induce labor sometimes Listen, it help a little i always say it's like a little nudge yeah, a little nudge maybe so. yeah so how we met is i forgot to say that in the beginning is oh, yeah. he, melissa was my midwife so and we've become friends and she's helped me through all sorts of things 
yeah. <laughs> depression, anxiety. <laughs> we all have those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, I love the idea of women helping women. I just think it's powerful. And, and you're such a great resource for women in, in our area. And I'm, I'm always trying to be like sending people to you. Like I know someone no. who can help you. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, you know, I really always appreciated how open you were because sometimes women look at me like I, you know, when I mention the word vibrator, it's a scary word. And it, 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 I think it's associated with things that I don't associate it with perhaps. Sure. Or I don't know because, um, I, I didn't mention, but I did not grow up in a, um, conservative home. Mm. I probably grew up in the opposite of a conservative <laughs> home. Like, <laughs> where are my rules, mom and dad? Um, so, so some of that, um, your new territory, sometimes I new territory just, you know, so I always really appreciate if someone has concerns giving me feedback, like, Oh, that, that's not going to work. I won't use that. Or, mm. um, like if someone has never had an orgasm. This is something that comes up and I sometimes will say, will you be willing to explore your body with self-pleasure? And sometimes people are just completely unwilling to. And so great, let's just find a way to, to work around that, you know? Sure. sure. Yes. So I always appreciate feedback. If I'm giving information, someone says to me, yeah, that's not going to work for me. Do you have something else? Or yes. Well, se sexuality is just such an interesting, deep, loaded, exciting, scary topic all in one, right. you know? Right. And I think the more we talk about it, especially as women, and more we give each other feedback and advice and um, resources, and I think the better things will get for us. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. And knowing what you want and knowing what you don't want, that's really valuable too. You know, I for think sure. we We've talked a lot, um, Alicia, about fidelity agreements and kind of putting... Yes, I'm um, glad you brought that up. Yeah, so um, really strong, um, I would call them just agreements in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, in my marriage, um, there are really strong barriers about um, communication. We just... We don't, I don't have lunch with other men. I don't text other men. I don't Facebook with other, even like old high school friends. We just don't do that. Um, yeah. We don't plan sports with other men or he doesn't climb with other women. It's just something, yeah, sure. he, even though I'm not really a climber and um, he doesn't do yoga, it's just whatever. It's something that we have, have, have described. And so I think that's a really important thing. Part of a marriage is, what, including sexuality, what parts of um, your fidelity agreement, your marriage agreement are in stone. And so there's, there's tons of room in there, but then you know what the boundaries are. Yes, I love that idea of boundaries and everybody's can look different, but just knowing as a couple, these are what we've agreed to and being loyal to that, whatever right. that is. Yeah. Right. And if someone's having problem with a certain boundary, that needs to be discussed. You For know, sure. I think especially with sexuality um, or kind of offshoots of sexuality, because then it 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 starts looking like you're betraying trust. And so, um, 
really having those conversations, which are really difficult to do, Mm -hmm. but having those conversations about what you can and can't do in marriage. And that's more like marriage therapy, but we have just done that in our marriage because um, it was really important to us to have just really clear boundaries about what's okay and what's not okay. And yeah. Um, and so we, not that we really needed to tease them out, but how nice not to know, to know exactly where my husband stands and where I stand. Cause we weren't very different and that's really positive. But I think if you have someone that's like, you know, has a like, Oh, I can, you know, receive texts from someone at work or sexy picture, what look at sexy pictures or, um, you know, if that's not part of your agreement or another couple may be like, yeah, go. I don't care if you look at Victoria's secret catalog and someone may say, no, that's totally yeah, not okay. So, and those are just a little bit silly examples, but no, those are great. Yeah. But just not letting, I think that's another thing in a conservative culture. Often we let the culture tell us what's appropriate, what's not appropriate for Mm -hmm. us ourselves and for our relationships. And that's nobody else's business. That's no one else's jurisdiction. That's between like us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important is finding that, you know, trying something, just seeing what you're comfortable with or not trying things and making agreement, you know? Right. And I think, um, I, I mean, again, I don't know how, I really don't think most religions say what you can and can't do in the bedroom mm-hmm. with a married couple, you know, I, I don't Some know. Do. Oh, <laughs> and, and okay. And I may be wrong. I may be I wrong. Think it's, I don't think it's more of like a church thing. I think it's more of a church culture thing. Like we've passed on these kind of wives tale like oral sex, for yeah. example. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, is the church going around saying husband's wife can't have oral sex? I don't know. I would think not. Do they? Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question. But I think more than anything, it's just that idea of you've got to do what you've agreed to do, what you're comfortable doing together. Sure. What you sure. feel, yeah. Right. And I'm not suggesting anyone do anything that's not part of that agreement. Mm -hmm. But um, if you were curious, I think that would be a really interesting thing to explore what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But if you do feel that, for example, if someone that was kind of wrong morally, I think that's going to create a huge disconnect in your brain. Right. And it's not going to work out. It's not going to be for your benefit, for your, for your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it creates boundaries and difficulties and things like that. So, you know, how people approach those topics, I think, you know, it'd be really interesting for women, for you and other women who are curious to have those conversations Mm -hmm. about what that looks like and does it feel safe? Yeah. I love that idea of, does it, do you feel safe? Do you mm-hmm. feel, cause your, your, your relations, your intimacy should be safe for you. Right. Feel safe. You know, that doesn't right. mean you, um, don't explore and try things together, but that you don't feel threatened. You don't feel or, right. Yeah. Or pushed into it. Right. Pressure but at the same it. time, like what would it look like if I explored this with my life partner? Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, what would that, what, what would that look like? Could I be that person mm. that, you know, um, wore red neck, you know, red, a red bra or something, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a really benign, like a little yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, could I do that and still feel sexy and not feel guilty and not feel shame and not feel mm. my body looks ugly? Totally. Totally. Right? Could I do that and be in that moment, that woman that looks so stunning in a, you know, red negligee or whatever, black mm-hmm. negligee, pink, yeah. whatever. What would that look like? And I encourage women to think about that. Love that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Oh, yeah. This is so helpful. So fun to talk to you. So great to talk to you too. And I think um, I'll definitely put your information below if people want to reach out to you. Is that okay? Sure. Sure. I work at Intermountain Medical Center. So um, like they'd have to make an appointment. So I think, you know, these conversations are really important and exciting and um, for more women to get involved in the conversation versus like a clinical, if they have a problem, absolutely. I'd love to see them, but you know, having you doing more of these it, you know, really envelops um, the community mm-hmm. and creates positive change. For sure. And we've talked about this, but stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> we have some ideas to do together of yes. some we like love more ideas. If yeah. Some like sem- we're thinking of maybe doing some like little virtual seminars or some Q and A's because I think this is a really relevant topic in this. Yeah. yeah for all women. For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Melissa. Thanks, Alicia. Take care. Thanks for joining me on Pink Girl Podcast. Tune in next time.